This is the Beard Winner Podcast, Episode 6. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Beard Winner Podcast. I sincerely appreciate everyone who has listened to every episode thus far, and those of you who are just catching up. I mean, we only have so many hours in one single day, and even if you listen to these things on one and a half or two times speed like I do with my podcast, there's only a finite amount of time in each one of your days, so I appreciate the moments that you listen. If you can, go ahead and mark it as download if you don't have time to listen to it. Play it. I don't know. I mean, honestly, let's get those download counts up. I just want it to be fun, and I also want people to figure out a way and help me figure out a way for us to make this dialectic. One thing about podcasts before we get into the subject matter of today's podcast is I think that, and it's not intentionally, podcast, and I read about this somewhere, and I can't really cite the source, but they're so one-sided. It's not really something that is dialectic. A dialectic conversation is a conversation between multiple people where it's back and forth. You say something, it's processed by the individual who hears it, they go ahead and answer, and you receive that feedback from that person. Like, if you say something funny and they laugh... That's the feedback. What you said was funny. If you say something funny and they don't laugh, maybe you should think of something funnier. So anyway, I really challenge someone. I don't care if it's a friend or supporter or someone who's my biggest cheerleader or someone who says that I really suck at this. Um, Reach out to me. Let me know what you think of the podcast thus far, where we can go as far as direction to improve the podcast and what you want to hear. I really want this to be something to where you feel like this is your podcast because it's not just mine. I'm not just putting it out into the ether in hopes that I'm going to become the next Joe Rogan. No, Joe Rogan to me is someone who I look up to. He has given me a framework for what I want my podcast to be about. I want it to be about positive things. I want to have people on who are interesting, who add value to you while you sit and give up your time to listen and also add value to me and expand my world knowledge because the more that I can expand what I know about this world and the more that I can feed that thirst to want to learn more about my surroundings, about my planet, about different cultures and different perspectives, it makes me a more well-rounded human being. So it's beneficial to me regardless. So anyway, please write into the show. Let's figure out how to make this podcast as best as it can possibly be for you, the listener. Today's episode is going to be about craft beer, bourbon, I said craft burr. I guess that beer I had earlier is kicking in. Um, Wine and other spirits. It really seems like summer, and it seems like yesterday I was recording this episode, summer and that vibe that we had with summer was just ever so present not too long ago. And right after the 4th of July, and I mean the 4th of July here in the Midwest, it was sticky. Our swamp butt, I'll save you the words, um, was probably comparable to anyone in the South with the highest humidity levels could ever compete. It, it was sticky here. It was horrible, miserable. And then we had a shift in the weather, and the temperatures fell, and it started to feel like fall, and signs of fall started popping up. Like, I remember seeing Halloween candy and Halloween decorations starting to come up in the store, and I'm like, what is the rest of summer going to look like? What is the fate of our fall activities? I mean, right now it's kind of scary and I'm going to knock on some wood, even though it's probably mainly glue and plastic making this wood desk come together. But 
college football might be canceled. I mean, the Big Ten is recently as I started recording this, I've, within three hours, the Big Ten is dim hopes is what they're saying. And I follow the Big Ten and I hope that they don't cancel it. But if they do, they do. We'll have to figure out another way to entertain ourselves. And I sincerely hope with all this time, we can figure out a way to be better people, especially to one another. I just, I, I, I don't know, it just dumbfounds me that this change hasn't pushed people to just dig down, not just like scratch the surface, but actually dig down and be like, what can I do to be a better person? How can I just get this hate out of my body and just love? But that's a whole nother animal and a whole nother episode. And in the news of football, it sounds like the SEC might be canceling. I don't know. That's something that's very scary because they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, football conference in the United States. And what they say and what they do kind of dictates it all. I mean, the SEC, I've jokingly heard radio announcers and myself say, hey, what's the difference between a SEC school that values education versus one that doesn't? championships. I mean, look at Auburn versus, I mean, not Auburn, but Vanderbilt versus <laughs> Vandy, good old Vandy versus uh, Auburn or Clemson. Not saying those schools have bad education. I'm just saying that, you know, people may have, you know, said, hey, uh, let's go ahead and give this person a pass so they can play in Saturday's game. It may or may not have happened. I don't know. It's, it's all allegedly. Not looking for lawsuits here. But what else is canceled? That's really what's crossing my mind right now. What else is canceled? Halloween? If it is still going to happen, what's it going to look like? Are people going to stand on their front porch and sling candy six feet out to kiddos? Maybe someone will invent one of those longer versions of those robotic grab arms, you know, it's just like you squeeze a handle and it grabs for things that are hard to reach. Maybe they'll make one that's eight feet tall so you can safely hand the kiddos the candy, or maybe they'll create a Halloween prop that just kind of like catapults candy out. Or me, just being lazy, I'll probably shut off the light. Or the second laziest approach, I would probably say, just leave a bowl of candy out there. You know there's probably going to be that one kid who's going to take the bowl and dump it into his pillowcase. But hopefully the honor system will work there. I don't think that haunted houses actually are going to happen. I was thinking about that earlier. Actually, it was right after the 4th of July. I'm like, okay, 4th of July is over. Let's start thinking about the next holidays. I mean, I love holidays. And how could they do that? I mean, how could you sanitize those nooks and crannies? What does it look like to sanitize cobwebs or two-story slide of doom? I just don't think that's very possible or very feasible. So, you know, if they come up with some innovative ways to do it, I'm all ears. I mean, if they're going to clean that that slide by having a dude drench in 70% or higher isopropyl alcohol and slide down that slide a million times a night, sign me up. I'll do it. But let's get to the meat and the potatoes of this podcast. Hopefully you got a laugh out of that. I'm just riffing here. I just want to have fun. And I think that in the past when doing podcasting, I've probably taken a little bit too um, seriously. And, you know, it is what it is. But the meat and the potatoes is I've been wanting to discuss bourbon and alcohol on the podcast because it's something that is a huge part of our culture as Americans and a huge part of a culture in any country. I mean, the Irish have whiskey. Um, you know, the Japanese have embraced whiskeys of different kinds. I mean, beer is big in Germany and other parts of Europe. Uh, we have copied everything in America. Y- you get the point. So now let's dive into where, we're, where I'm at with it. I've been drinking ever since I was offered that first sip of beer. And the first one that comes to mind was in Wyoming at a place that they had buffaloes on a ranch. And I got a sip of a Coors Light, I think, as a kid. And I've really been drinking ever since. Not all the time. I, you know, I wasn't stashing away six packs as a 12 or 13 year old, you know, but, you know, I had a sip here and there. 
And as I got older, just like everyone else does, I'm throwing myself under the bus here. I had those extra sips in high school and college. And as you're a freshman in college, those sips become quite frequent. (laughs) And I should have dropped um, the habit a little bit sooner, but I waited till I was 21. And it's really exciting to procure alcohol before you're 21 in college. It just really is. You go to a bar and you're like, yes, I'm an adult. It's my rite of passage. Here we go. And then you actually turn 21 and you go to a restaurant and that starts to fade. And it did fade for me. And then because it's not risky, that also faded. And the novelty of just being 21 and whipping out my ID proudly and saying, ha ha, wanting to wave it in the clerk's face or the server's face and say, I'm 21, give me my hooch. You know, that, that faded as well too. So I found myself stopping drinking and drinking less frequently, which I believe is normal. And then later, as I got into my later 20s, I found myself falling in love with spirits again. Not a problem at first, but everything I do, according to a couple of my friends, actually all of my friends, is quite impulsive and balls deep. Um, Everybody says that, Darren, when you go after something, you don't go after it 10%, you go 100%. You jump right in. And that's definitely a blessing and a curse and all the above. And the first thing that I fell in love with was vodkas. And I think it was probably marketing doing its work on me because that was about the time that Grey Goose was really popular. They started, you know, promoting this French uh, vodka and putting it in celebrities' hands. And I didn't fall for that. And I was actually studying marketing in college at the time. And I said, screw it. I'm going to drink Belvedere and Chopin and Crystal Skull and Chirac and all the other ones. And honestly, looking back at it, most vodka was all the same. I mean, it either sucked or it was smooth. I mean, there's really not much to vodka and anyone out there who thinks there is, uh, that's cool. And definitely drag me through the coals and let me know what the nuances are. But that's why I don't drink white tequila or I don't drink white dog, um, which is before they age any of the spirits that go through and become bourbon or whiskey before it touches the barrel, the right brand new distillate that comes out that's called white dog doesn't have any characteristics from barrel or from aging. It's just alcohol. And if you want to drink that, more power to you. I mean, it'll get you drunk. <laughs> and so that's if that's the what you're looking for, cool. But next, I moved on to tequila. I remember going to a taco place with my buddy Dan. And gosh, he's one of the people who definitely knows how impulsive I can be. He and I would go and spend quite a bit of money. And we'll just say more than what you should. And over, let's say, three or four visits to the restaurant would be a person's rent between the two of us on what we'd spend on lunch. I would get three tacos, he would get a taco salad, and the rest would be tequila shots. And it wasn't that we were shooting them, it was that we were sipping on them and actually enjoying them and seeing the flavors. And that's when I started to develop a palate for for alcohol and being able to taste vanillas and being able to taste caramel and you know just different nuances, whether or not it was floral or whether it was just really hot and burned the hell out of your mouth. I mean... That was really neat to learn that. But then tequila started getting very expensive. And one year when I was really dumb and young, which there's lots of those years looking back, I purchased a very pricey bottle of tequila um, that is $100 less um, now because they changed the packaging than when I bought it. So I haven't thought of a good reason to open it. It's called Grand Patron Berdeos. And It's cut out of a single piece of walnut that was um, made by an artisan and had suede in the original packaging. And people were like, I don't want to pay $500 for that stuff like that idiot Darren did with his tax return. Let's cheapen it to $400 and now it's selling because it's in a faux suede case and a faux leather um, box. And 
people pay less for it. The juice is the same, but I can't bring myself to open it. So after tequila, I think I was a little short on cash. I don't really know why I started getting back into beer, but maybe it was a sign of the times. Um, but craft beer maybe started exploding around that time frame. And one of my best friends who actually designed the Beard Winners logos and a lot of logos for businesses big and small and of different kinds around Omaha, Nebraska, and different parts of the world, Logan Yard, um, he started getting me into sours and imperial stouts and some of the best IPAs out there. I remember being in San Diego and shooting him a text message saying, hey man, I'm in San Diego. Uh, are there any good beers out here? And literally I could just hear the tone in his text message when he goes, duh, and he sends me back a list. And that's when I was able to send back and try some, send back olive oil through the mail and try um, some Pliny the Elder. It's very, very good beer. One of the best IPAs I've ever had and very fresh, citrusy hops. Beautiful, but you can't get it outside of San Diego. It's that small. So got into those beers of sours and saisons, imperial stouts, and those IPAs. And alcohol always seemed to interfere with my goals as far as being healthy. I've always struggled with weight. And to me, alcohol can't really mix with exercise. And don't get me wrong and shoot me in the face here when I say this, because there are people that are in shape who drink a lot, but I don't think you can eat crappy food, drink and exercise and get results. You either have to eat crappy food and not drink and then exercise and you can lose weight slowly and maintain a good figure, or you can eat good food and drink and lose weight, but you can't do both. You can't eat crappy food and drink. You're going to get fat. Done it four or five times. At least my metabolism, it gets me fat every time. And right now I'm back on that kick. Even though I just opened up uh, a breakfast stout beer prior to recording this, I just know that it's time for me to back off. And alcohol, besides helping or hindering my performance at the gym, I started falling in love with the hunt of things. So that's when I started getting into bourbon. And the hunt for bourbon was neat and it was cool when you were able to find a bourbon, but then it turned into an excuse to justify being obsessed with it. Not just collecting it, but consuming it. Having a two or three finger pour each night and saying it's because I need to be able to test my palate and keep it sharp. That's when I had to really be honest with myself and say, yeah, this is a problem. And I, I blacked out on some bourbon. I also have a little bit of OCD, uh, and I like things to be arranged. And one night I was having some bourbon and said, I'm going to drink each of these down to the label. And then I forgot rather quickly that those were about 125 plus proof each. So it caught up with me and I took about a year off of drinking just to prove that I could have some restraint. And those bottles still sit. They're 2016 Booker's uncut, unfiltered bourbons with one 2017 version in there that sit on my dresser and they're still three-fourths full right down to the label where I drank them. Haven't touched them since the beginning of 2018 and don't plan on it, but just to prove myself that I can pump the brakes when I need to. But what felt really good was, I think it was late 2019 or earlier this year, one of my best friends of all time, Mike, came back into town and I told him, I said, dude, I think I have a problem with alcohol. And I think I'm an alcoholic. And as soon as those words left my mouth, I felt good. I didn't feel ashamed. I felt good about admitting that I needed to watch myself. 
And there's not one sized, one fits all approach to alcoholism. I think that I'm far, far more addicted to sugar than I am booze any day of the week. Put a bottle of beer in front of me and a stack of ho-hos. Hell, I'll go after the ho-hos in a hot second. I'm like a fat kid on cake when it comes to candy and sweets. But I wanted to be transparent and real with you guys as always. So I don't want to try to encourage anyone who is struggling with addiction or alcohol to get back on the bus and start to drink because we're going to have an episode about alcohol. I just know that I can control myself and even now currently, like I said, I had a beer prior to recording this. It's the time to throttle back again. I've gained a COVID, let's insert a number of pounds here, and it's probably more than I want. And I know it's time because I'm enjoying drinking again, which is usually not something I attribute with drinking. Usually when I walk up to a bottle of alcohol or the liquor section inside of a store or a gas station, it gives me a queasy feeling in my stomach. Not that, man, I had a hangover last night feeling just like, nah, I don't want to go down that road. But like I said, I just enjoyed a Kentucky breakfast out yesterday, and I had a breakfast out today from Founders. And recently I picked up some Bourbon County brand stouts varieties, which next to me, sorry for bumping the mic, I have the 2019 Bourbon County brand stout. I have three of them because you can age them up to two years. One I'm going to enjoy with a couple friends here in this year, 2020. One I will enjoy in 2021, and another in 2022. And that way we can see how the complexity of the beer develops and unfolds, which is kind of neat to be able to do that. And plus you're drinking it slowly, which is more responsible. And the second one is the Bourbon County brand. It's a Cafe de Ola or Ole. Um, It's a stout. It's pretty much the same one, lower ABV, and they dump coffee into it. So it should be pretty interesting. But those things are 13 or 14% alcohol respectively, and not something to drink alone. If you did, that's something you better spend a whole day and spread that out. But I don't want that to be a downer about me saying that I have a problem with alcohol. We're still going to dive into beer. We're still going to dive into bourbon, wine, and other spirits. Heck, we're going to have an episode coming up here soon with Kenny Coleman from the Bourbon Pursuit podcast. In 2018, before I stopped drinking drinking bourbon, or 2019, whatever year it was, it's hard. Everything blends together when you get older. I didn't believe people when they said that when I was younger. But Kenny is going to be on the podcast. And he has created a very successful bourbon podcast. It was a different podcast than your typical bourbon podcast. It was one that was not douchey. I I kept thinking of a word when trying to think about today's episode to describe it, but it wasn't pompous. It didn't have that arrogance that you have to know this about bourbon to be a listener of the podcast. It catered to those who are getting their beak wet, those who have been waist deep and hunting for it, to those who are very seasoned veterans. And that is why I think it grew. And he grew it into not just a podcast, but also a community, which is, like I said at the beginning of this episode, what I hope to do with the beard winner. Like, we're not going to create beards, um, because here in a second, you're going to see why I said that. Kenny and his partner in, in business, Ryan, created Pursuit Spirits. And those are amazing from what I hear. And they're a boutique one. They don't plan to compete with the Jim Beams of the, in the Buffalo Traces out there. Um, the Elijah Craigs, they plan on being a boutique bourbon and offer different expressions from Tennessee of all places, which I know Tennessee whiskey has a lot of stigma behind it. And these guys, it was a hard sale for them because they are from Kentucky and from Bardstown. One of them is from Bardstown. The other one's from Louisville. And it was hard for them to be sold on it, but it's good stuff from what I hear. And it's called episodes, just like a podcast. Marketing is unique. 
the expression is unique. And I want to get his insight because I don't know if anyone who is listening to this who hasn't gone balls to the walls deep like I have on bourbon knows there's a secondary market for alcohol out there. You can go to a store and buy a bottle of, and its secondary market is a gray market, probably a black market for, for all who knows, but um, you can go out and buy a bottle of, let's say, $200 bourbon, and it sells for two to three grand depending on what it is because it's so highly allocated and rare. There's bottles of bourbon out there or just regular sour mash whiskey. There's a, a bottle of Michter Celebration 20 year that I was able to try that goes for $2,500 for two ounces of it. I was able to try a little titty itty bitty of it um, at an undisclosed location in Omaha, Nebraska, and it was delicious. And I can see why it's that expensive. It was definitely the best whiskey I've ever had in my life. But is it worth $500 an ounce or $6,000 a bottle? I don't know. The eye is, it's in the eye of the beholder. And that's some insight I'd like to get from people from the whiskey industry. That's why we're going to have Kenny on the podcast. I plan on having an episode with some buddies doing a roundtable who recently got into hunting bourbon, who I have given some bottles of bourbon to because I'm just not really that much into it like I used to be. But I want to have some people on here who have that passion, that vigor, and that drive, and who also promote being responsible about it as well, too. So, as always, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that we can also have Logan, who helped design the Beard Winners logos and designed a lot of really cool brands and logos around Omaha and around the world on the podcast as well. It'll be difficult to arrange the timing since he's in New Zealand, but we'll try to have him come on and talk about craft beers and what it's like to work with various types of businesses. But for now, I encourage you to check out Logan Yard's work by just going to loganyard.com. I'll also link you in the show notes and check out his work. He's really cool, one of my best friends and one of the inspirations for getting this podcast going. Always please share the podcast. I I, I can't say that enough. Um, If you can write in, let me know why listenership is not going up or whether or not you just had time constraints or whether or not the content is not as engaging or you had this glorious idea of what it is. The podcast isn't what you want. There needs to be some tweaks here and there. I'm open to it. I have a thick skin when it comes to this stuff. It's not the first rodeo with me podcasting. So I've done all this in one, one take. I've probably had some verbal diarrhea in it, but I want to be human. I want to be real with you all. And I want this podcast to grow and I want it to add value to you and everyone else who take a moment of their time to listen every couple weeks that we release an episode. Please also head on over to beardwinner.com. Just click on the big green support button. If anything, go to Amazon, the Amazon link, buy whatever you usually buy on Amazon. I know it's an extra click for you to buy that cup of coffee or that slinky or that baseball cap that you're going to wear sideways. Um, by going to my website before just going to Amazon or opening the Amazon app, but it helps me out. It helps me pay the bills and keeps the lights on. So until we talk to you in a couple weeks, this is Darren signing out. Cheers. Mm